Storm Bowling Products. The Bowlers Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Heather DiArico. Heather is a certified NSCA strength and conditioning specialist. She bowled collegiately at Robert Morris University. She also is the founder of BowlFit. Well, Heather, I want to thank you for joining us today for the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure whenever I get to chat with you guys. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us again. And, and you know, your name came up a couple of times earlier in the year in the competitive uh, bowling scene. I know Missy Parkin had uh, given you a little bit of a shout-out, thanking you for uh, helping her with her uh, athleticism and maybe her workout routine and stuff like that, kind of keeping her dialed in with her physical fitness. And, uh, of course, Jason Sterner. Boy, he had an amazing performance there in Reno with a couple of his mm-hmm. tournaments and uh, – moving forward in there and again gave gave a lot of credit to you so let's kind of start out with that how important is physical fitness when it comes to bowling oh man it you know the difference i think is anybody can bowl um regardless of if you take part in a training program or not but i think what these players are finding is when they do have a structured training program that they're following and they know that they're doing the right thing their body feels better and especially in those longer blocks and those longer formats um you know jason told me he was like at the end of those blocks you know i would wonder the next day am i going to wake up sore and fatigued and i didn't like he would recover so much quicker than he had in the past so i think just being able to have that endurance and that stamina and also not worrying about the nagging injuries So, you know, both of them have experienced some lower back issues in the past. And when you take care of your body, you go out there, you don't have to worry and deal with all of those nagging injuries while you're bowling, because that's just, honestly, that's one more distraction to keep you from making the quality shots that you want to make when you're dealing with that. So I think that's the game changer there. Um, You know, might bring the scores up too, and you can make more quality shots that way. Mm-hmm. And Heather, how, um, I guess when people are on the road, like like Steve was mentioning with Missy and with Jason, you guys are, you know, you're away from your normal settings. What's your advice for people to keep their w- workout routines going when they're on the road, when they're at an event? And, and how, what suggestions do you have? Because that's one thing as bowlers, if we're traveling, some, you know, a gym may be limited or, uh, you know, a different space where we're in in a different environment. How do we keep things to where our fitness stays uh, front and center for us? Sure. Um, It's always tricky. You know, my programming changes uh, for myself and for my clients when it comes to competition time. So when anybody I work with is on the road to compete, um, the focus is really just to maintain the strength they've built up to that point. Um, and that means doing maybe shorter duration workouts and just keeping the intensity up and doing whatever you can. So if all you have is body weight exercises that you can do because there's no equipment at the hotel that you're at, do those body weight exercises to provide your body with that stimulus so you can maintain your strength. 
Um, but keep the, the duration of the workout doesn't need to be super long. Um, it doesn't need to be focused on volume and building at that point. It's just maintaining what you've done. Um, and you can play around with tempos and, um, I usually recommend less repetitions versus more repetitions. Um, a lot of people think, all right, I'll go lighter and do a lot of repetitions, but that volume is what is going to do more muscle damage and, take longer to recover from, which you don't want when you're about to compete. So it's actually the opposite thinking. Um, so, I mean, number one, do what you can to keep those sessions short, but still do something and keep your routine going because that's going to make you mentally feel better as well and in your routine and your rhythm for the week. Um, mm-hmm. And then three, just keep the intensity up. Now you did mention, you know, mentally, I think that's one of the other things, one of the other side benefits that maybe a lot of people, uh, don't always think about as far as the you know benefits of having an exercise routine. As you, yeah, there is the, the muscles being stronger and fatigue and that stuff. But I, I feel like at least there's a, a lot of times that maybe you even do have a, you're even maybe a little bit stronger mentally as well too. Oh, absolutely. Competing. Maybe being able to handle stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a confidence builder, right? When you can. Uh, complete those workouts and when you do the things that you say you're going to do and follow through on that that is pretty empowering and you can take that empowerment and how you feel from that and take it onto the lanes Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I've had to learn is how do I transfer this confidence I get in the gym onto the lanes because that's something I always struggled with Um, but you you can transfer that And Heather, this has been one of your passions for years. I mean, you can tell me, but it, it's been one of these things since I've known you and, and we've met and, and everything and, and talked about this. I mean, it probably has to be almost 10 years ago, if, if not close to it. And now this is coming around to both tours. What do you think finally clicked in people's, in, in more bowlers' heads that they realized, hey, this this uh, workout thing and, and staying in shape and and um, and keeping my body where it needs to be, it's uh, it's uh, going to help me on the lanes as well as, you know, off the lanes and, and in my life in general? You know, I think it took seeing some of the players that take it seriously have that success um, because there was this stigma I feel like when we when I started with this about 10 years ago the stigma was kind of don't work out you're gonna ruin your game you're gonna ruin your swing path like there was just this fear around it that it would make you a worse bowler Um, and then I think as the years have gone by and more people have really bought into taking care of their body and taking part in structured training programs we now see how many players are fit and in shape and doing workouts, they're lifting weights, and it's not affecting their game. And in some ways, it's making them better or able to compete even longer. So I think it really just took kind of seeing that and helping people understand that, you know, lifting weights is not going to ruin your game in any way. Um, There's so much more to it than that. And if you want to have a long career and compete for many, many years, then it's worth it to take care of your body now. And there, and this will be kind of the last thing I hit on here about this, but I think there was uh, right along those same lines, it was like, okay, you know, if if I need to do exercise for bowling, I can only do cardio, Mm -hmm. you know, and then if I lift any weights, I'm going to get really big and bulky and my swing's going to be tight and I'm going to lose all the touch and feel. And that's just, that's just not true. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, 
I deal with that stigma a lot too because I work a lot with uh, women with one of the other companies that I work with. Um, and there's always that fear in a lot of women that if I start lifting weights, I'm going to get bulky. And going back to different modalities of training, there's so many different forms of strength training. Um, so when you think of strength training, one person might be thinking of like bodybuilding. They immediately think that that's what strength training is. Well, that's one variation of it. And then someone else might think of CrossFit. And that's another variation of strength training. And then there's um, somebody that might think of powerlifting where, you know, you're doing hang cleans and overhead work and taking this barbell and throwing it around. And they, you know, automatically think of that when you think of weightlifting. So I think it's just really understanding that there's different ways to strength train um, and it doesn't have to be with the goal of getting bulky. Like that is a goal in itself. And in order to really get a lot of muscle mass and bulk up like that, it requires eating a boatload of calories, first of all, and having a really <laughs> high training volume. So those people that are doing that for bodybuilding or for the purpose of aesthetic goals, they're working out four or five, maybe even six days a week and doing a really high training volume. So the likelihood that if you start a two, three, or even a four-day training program with a focus on movement patterns, moving better in general, functional strength training, you're not going to get bulky doing that. And Heather, how do you suggest people handle when they join your program or start it and they're trying to get in shape and they're trying to, maybe they're trying to lose a few extra pounds? Do you do you have any thoughts? Should they announce it to the world? Should they go on Facebook and say, hey, this is what I'm doing? Or is it better to just start doing it and, and let the, the chips fall where they may and the results just happen? Well, it's a good question. I, You know, I think it's a little different for everybody, but there is that accountability factor when you go and announce it to your friends and family of, hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, feel free to follow along in my journey or, you know, I'll share how it's going for me. For some people, that is uh, a great way to stay motivated and keep yourself accountable. Um, so if someone thinks that that would keep them accountable or on those tough days that they don't want to do it, be that reminder of, ah, I told everybody I'm going to do it. I better step my game up and show up for myself as well. Then do it. Go for it. <laughs> I think whatever, whatever <laughs> helps you. Cool. Hey, talk to us a little bit about, you were just part of a super exciting uh, event uh, that they had in Portland, Maine. The PBA has been going there for several years now, and it looks from the kind of the bystanders, you know, just the rest of us spectators watching on TV, that it is a heck of an amazing environment, like a lot of energy. T tell us what you were there for, uh, how, you know, how Jason's performance was there, Jason Sterner, and, and then what was it like to actually be there in, in Portland, Maine at Bayside? Oh, man. You know, you, you hear the stories and everybody has talked about Bayside and how amazing it is to be there. So as soon as the restrictions for COVID started lifting and I found out that they were going to allow spectators and fans, I was like, I am going to find a way to take off work and I'm going with you because I want to experience this. You know, they couldn't do that for the PBA League this year, so I couldn't go up there for that. So I was really excited to see what it was all about. And it is absolutely everything that people chalk, chalk it up to be. It's pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's so different. You know, we grow up with when you're bowling something serious and competitive, it's so quiet when you're bowling. And to go from that to having all these fans screaming and cheering, 
I was, I'm always nervous watching, but I was even more nervous watching Jason because my adrenaline was through the roof and I couldn't imagine if I had a bowling ball in my hand, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> it would have been really <laughs> tricky to calm the nerves and, and make the shot. So, uh, he, he was pretty pumped up too. Um, and a funny story about that is when he was practicing, he was super amped up and like he was breaking a sweat. He was bowling really fast and he came back and I'm like, I'm like, Jay, I call him Jay. All the time. I'm like, Jay, mm-hmm. why are you so amped up right now? It's just practice. And he's like, I don't know. I just, I can't come down. Like I'm sweating. I don't know why I'm sweating. I'm like, well, you're moving a mile a minute. I was like, just stop. Like I want mm-hmm. you to just take some deep breaths, really enjoy the moment, focus on your process. And then I would ask him, like, what would you tell me right now? Like, why are you nervous? And he's like, yeah, I would tell you, don't be nervous. Just go have fun. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, that's what I needed to hear. So we went to uh, a lunch and we came back and he stepped out there. And actually, right before um, he started the show for the King of the Lanes, the ball that he was planning on using on the TV pair started to break there was like plug in the ball around the finger holes and it started mm. to come out and he, he kind of panicked a little bit. He's like, Oh my God, my ball just broke and I don't think I got time to fix it. Mm. So in my head, I'm like, all right, it might be the right ball. It might not. But if he lets this get in his head, he's not going to go out there and bowl the way they can. There might be another ball in the bag that is going to do exactly what he needs it to do. So I, I just told him, I said, this happened for a reason what other balls are going to give you a similar ball motion that you're looking for? And he said, oh, maybe my um, melee blood red. So he grabbed it mm. and he brought that out there. He threw a couple shots with it before he had to go over to the TV pair and take his couple of practice shots. And he bowled great. And at the end, you know, he was like saying that, saying this happened for a reason. Took me from that negative mindset of, oh, no, why is this happening to me to, it's okay. This is going to work just as great. I can still do this. And it just put him in that frame of mind and he went out there and he crushed it. And it was awesome to watch. And Heather, as, as, um, as you prepare and Steve will be there as well, you guys are both bowling separate teams, but bowling the Lucy coming up in a, in a few weeks. How do you prepare for that tournament and, and tournaments in general? What's your thought process when it comes to getting back out there on the lanes and uh, in just your practice sessions and some of the goals you set in your practice sessions? Mm, yeah, it's changed quite a bit the last month um, since I returned from the PWBA event. And um, I didn't have a, a great couple of events there. I bowled four or five of them and I bowled absolutely awful. I thought I was prepared and ready to go. I was excited to get out there and bowl again. I felt great physically, um, but mentally I fell apart. Um, I started experiencing a lot of anxiety that I hadn't really experienced before. Like there's the, the nerves when you step on the lanes that I think is normal for everybody, but it wouldn't go away. It was like a constant feeling that I, the best way I could describe it to Dr. Dean when I saw him was it felt like I was in somebody else's body. Like I literally had no control over those emotions and what I was experiencing at that moment. So um, after that, I had a a couple emotional breakdowns and realized that it was more of a mental thing than it was physical. Um, We picked up on a couple physical things I needed to work on with my footwork, but at the end of the day, I needed to really work on my mindset. 
so I started seeing um, a couple people, really. Um, I have my own personal health coach, um, and then I have Dr. Dean, who I went and saw when I was out in Reno, and then I also have a mental health counselor that I've been working with on doing more mindset journaling. We call it future self-journaling, so framing who I want to be and what actions and things are going to get me there. And the other big thing I started doing to prepare for the Lucy is visualization. So I -hmm. visualize every single day. I take a few minutes to visualize making great shots, how I want to feel when I'm bowling on the lanes, how I feel when I'm practicing and how I'm going to take that to competition. And then I also visualize how I will react when things go wrong. Um, because that's really where the spiral happens and the anxiety gets even worse. So what thoughts am I going to tell myself? What are my affirmations going to be? What am I going to focus on physically and mentally to bring me back to where I need to be? So that's something that has been very different for me. And I'm excited now to get to the Lucy and see how that plays out. And we've had Dr. Dean on the show, but he, he's a you know really good wealth of knowledge. And I think the the one thing mm-hmm. you know that uh, probably rings true with a lot of people is a lot of people feel this kind of like you said pressure or anxiety or you know something that when you're stepping up and you just you kind of feel tight and you're short of breath and you're like ah, I just can't relax mm-hmm. you know when it's tournament time. So I think that's a lot of a lot of really good things there that you mentioned. I, I don't think a lot of people know that there's that many different things that you actually can do or can consider or maybe who you could reach out to for some kind of advice and, and, uh, you know, handling and dealing with the pressure. Yeah. And, and letting yourself have that growth mindset of it's, it's, it's okay to be feeling this way. And there are a lot of things that you can do to navigate it and learn how to manage it. Um, I think that was the biggest thing for me, you know, being a strength and conditioning coach, I, I'm a strong person and I, pride myself on being strong. So it was hard for me at first to, you know, realize that I needed a, you know, mental health counselor of some sort and some coaching in that area to admit that there was an area that I needed that work on. Um, But doing so was such a relief and saying like, I need help with this was the best thing I could have done for myself. And so Heather, then my final question is, you mentioned Jason, how is just being with him and around him, and his, it sounds like you, he picked, you know, you picked him up on the PBA. Is he work the same way to help you? Do you guys like, is that how you guys can kind of balance each other out? And I know it's not always the same hearing it from, uh, from someone, you know, someone who you're in a relationship with versus a professional, but it certainly does, does help to know that you have someone on your side. And that was even one of the things when I've watched some PWBA events where you see, the spouses, some of the spouses are more hands-on than the others. Some would rather not even have their spouse there except to watch. Some would rather have their spouse just go sit in the bar. So how is that relationship for you guys when it comes to you being on the lane? You know, during separate events, now Lucy, he'll be bowling and depending on squads, et cetera. But how does that uh, dynamic for you guys? Yeah, he has the patience of a saint. <laughs> he really does. Um, you know, because I, I have my moments where I have my meltdowns, and he knows how to – really talk to me and just be patient with me and, and bring me back to what I need to focus on. Um, and it's funny because with the Lucy, everyone says, you know, don't bowl with your significant other or your spouse. Like it'll ruin relationships. You can't bowl together. 
And uh, I was like, no, I think we make a pretty good team because when he's bowling and I'm watching him, I am able to help him quite a bit and vice versa. And we practice together all the time. So, you know, right now he's really helping me a ton with my footwork. He's a great coach. Um, He's been doing lessons here at our local center and he gets his camera out and he starts taking videos of me and breaking it down. And um, he's learned. I've, I've had to tell him like what I'm working on with my mindset coaching and my positive affirmations. So one of the biggest things was growing up, um, my coaches would always say, great shot, but try this. And, and my dad instilled this in me and he's who made me such a hard worker. So God bless him for that. But I got this great shot, but there was always a but to it and something more I needed to do. So no shot was ever good enough for me. So what we are working on now is saying and instead of but, which sounds so small, but mm. it's so powerful. So when I make a good shot and there's something else that I could have worked on, he'll say that was a great shot and um, do this on the next shot and see what happens. So just kind of reframing some of the the wording around things when he's working with me so that I can stay in that positive frame of mind. So we do make a really good team. Um, he helps me a lot on the lanes, and then I kick his butt in the gym, and it works out really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be, you'll be happy to know that neither you nor I uh, took that advice uh, of not bowling with our significant others or spouses since I am bowling with Marsha and the Lucy, my wife, and <laughs> you and bowling with, with Jason. So hopefully it all pays off for both of us and, and everyone else down there who's bowling with their significant yeah, others. Yeah, you so. know, at the end of the day, it's going to be fun. It'll be a great experience. Yeah, it will be. Well, looking forward to seeing you down in Houston, and uh, thank you so much, Heather, for joining us today and making some time for us. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was great talking to you guys, as always, and it will be fun to see you at the Lucy.